Like a beast in the woods, the Red Ripper viciously attacks his prey, lustfully playing in the crimson blood as he, she, or Little Miss whoever desperately begs to die. A death reprieve is a reward that may not come for several hours or even days. But why and how could this happen over and over for years? A recent comment from MEJ on the post says, if only forensic DNA science had been more advanced, they could have caught the maniac. The Russian government and KGB had Chikatilo's DNA found on and inside multiple victims, left almost like a trophy. It was tested, but why didn't it match up? And what was the obsession with the eyes? 30 to 40 stab wounds directly to the retinas, for what purpose? Why was mud stuffed down the victim's mouth? John reveals the exact source, the motivation, if you will, of why Andre Chikatilo had a lust for murder. Guys, I'm going to skip forward a lot of stuff, but... He got married Whoa. in 1963 to Fatina. Now, the whole time he's killing, he's also married. And she noticed right off the bat that he wouldn't even have sex with her, even though they do have two children. Okay, so he was able to consummate the yeah, marriage. Yeah, he was. Well, no, 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 no. It took weeks for... You talking about having sex on the first night? Yeah. That took weeks. But he was married through the whole time through this. And there's a reason why she married him, even though he was good looking as a guy at the time. But the reason she married him is not because of what he was, but because of what he wasn't. What she meant by that is she married him not because he was a big successful guy and, and making all this money, but because he was not a drunk or a, an abuser, he didn't beat her up. He didn't come home drunk. That's why she married him. Unfortunately for her, the whole time they were married, they rarely had sex at all. He couldn't get it up, obviously. And she knew that, I mean, she had to live with that. Eventually they get divorced. But when he was caught, and usually this happens, the police will come and be like, you knew about this. You had to know about this. How did you not know your husband killed over 50 people? Well, that can't be my husband because he doesn't even like sex. How, well, how is he raping all these women? He doesn't even like sex. He can't even. Get... But there was no, no semen found in the bodies. In so the bodies. So how do they know that they're the Oh, in the around bodies. Around the bodies. Well, I, I say rape. I didn't. There, he's got a different kind of form of rape. I'll talk about it in a second. Oh, okay. Intellectual rape? I don't know what that would be. I don't know either. I don't I don't know why I said yeah, that. That was weird. I don't know why I said that or what that even means, but I do know that I need another beer, so. I think you've had enough. <laughs> uh, here, if you want to read no. this. <laughs> Some more penis. Whatever the reason, it made a deep impression, both horrifying and yet also fascinating him. Was this the beginning of an obsession with death and the cannibalism, which was to grow the inner reaches of Chicatalito's conscious until he turned it into a reality? You know what the, his last name reminds me of? Those chickens? Chickens? Those little candies? No, the ABBA song. Chikakita, oh. tell me what's wrong. Oh, that's a good one. It is a good one. 
Um, you know, I'm also sad that I had to see a picture of this man's penis before I saw a real penis in yeah, the, there real you life. Go. You never uh, saw a real penis? Stop! <clears throat> Can so, you stop it? Well, just this penis right here. No, I don't want to see this penis. No, Can this you is, turn? I'm serious. Okay, no. I do not want to we see don't his want penis. Okay, to see okay the penis. I, I turn it off, but just let me see. Let me show you. I'll put this on talkmore.com. No, you can't put that one on talkmore.com. <laughs> this guy's penis... I actually photoshopped my own penis and put it on his. <laughs> so you see, I'm can all you, bushy. Can you stop, sir? Luna is not liking this. Well, Luna only has one eye, so oh, she's, she can't at, really she's see. at an advantage. She can't see what's happening here. Luna, go get me a beer. Go on, go get one. Go fetch, get a beer. Luna, fetch. You got the right idea. You sat. That was pretty all good. Right, a little bit about his jobs, and then we're moving on. He was a teacher at first. He was really terrible at it. He started molesting his students and the, I'm just kind of briefing over this, but the school would would cover it up. They didn't want to deal with it because at this time in Russia, the last thing you want is uh, Stalin freaking coming down to your school and asking why his little kids are getting molested by the teacher type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the last thing you wanted. So they would cover it up. They would send them to different schools, stuff like that. But he just could not keep it. He just could not keep it in control at all. And he that's where he started picking up his lust for little girls and little boys. Mm. He actually his range of victims is very wide. But you can tell that they're all him by certain signatures, for instance, stabbing the eyeballs, stuff like that. You can tell that that's his signature. You know what I'm saying? No one else stabs the eyeballs like that. It's just fucking weird. So, um, anyway, let me. So did they real? So did they know that they had a serial killer on their hands? Uh, yeah, they did. But like, I, like we talked about earlier, the news, the news wasn't allowed to put it out. So, so people didn't know that there was a serial. Exactly. Killer. So, and which means more people are out and about and not really thinking about it. They'll just go off with whoever, and. I mean, the, the, the victims here tonight, we're going to talk about the email here in a second, but most of them prostitutes, runaways, stuff like that, but a lot of school children as well. So they actually were picked up mostly at the bus stops, oh, excuse me, the train stops and stuff like that. So he actually had the charisma and that kind of draw to, to, for someone to trust him, for a little kid to trust him. Kind of almost like Albert Fish, almost like they were just so ah. trusting of this guy that, you know, that they would just go along with him. In fact, the reason he got caught is because the detective had watched him for it was like 18 hours straight of him going from train station to train station to train station right at the end and just shotgun trying to pick up different women and, and, and boys and stuff like that. You know, just one after the other, just boom, 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 just trying his best. And it's more of a shotgun approach. If Mm. you approach 100, you're bound to get one that says, yeah, I want to go have sex with you type of shit. But most of the victims understood that they were going to have sex with this guy. Even a lot of the victims were younger, 12 or not 12, but well, yeah, those two. But the ones that were 15, 16, they understood that they were about to have sex with a 50 year old. You know what I'm saying? So this is the first body found right here. I'll put this on talkmore.com. This is Lubia Biryuk. She is, how old is she right there? 13. You see her in the ditch. Mm. So, yeah, shit. She is exactly 13. Very good. Thanks. 
She was the niece of a criminal investigative department worker. She had 30 stab wounds and horrible blows around her eyes. And I couldn't find a picture of that. I don't think they took a picture of that. These are, I'm just going to rapid fire through a lot of these victims, just to let you know. Another child found shortly after, uh, Daima Pshknanov, was a, a discovered March of that same year. This is a week later. There's a lot of photos, and unfortunately, I didn't put them all in the slides. I'll definitely go through them here in it's a second. There's something about his eyes that gives me an unease. I know he's a child, but yeah, no, I, f- I feel you. We'll go. We'll look at all the photos here in a, in a second. But I kind of wanted to. All right, running through just for the information, guys. Uh, 1971, he gets a degree in Russian philo- philology, which is language structure. Hmm. He gets the head of a. He, he becomes a Russian teacher. He was a terrible teacher. Is way too shy. That caused him the desire to dominate. The young children would make fun of him. So he's like, you know what? Whatever. I'm gonna kill you later. Type of shit. All right. He started showing up at his children's dormitory, like the the women, the, the girls, the little girls who were undressing at night. He started showing up. That's where it kind of branched off at, like that. 1973, this is when he was about to become an actual serial killer. He was swimming in the river with some of his students, and there was a 15-year-old girl named Lubia Tarantiva, and he swam over to her in front of all the other students and began fondling her breast and genitalia, like right there in front of everyone. As he touched the girl, quote, she began to scream, and strangely, he found the screaming gave him sexual pleasure. So he kept on touching her to make her scream more and more, stopping only when a group of his other students swam over to see what was happening. Another time, he bent over a 14-year-old. He bent her over the desk, literally like you would see in a porno movie, started smacking her with a ruler, and he quoted, and quote, finally ejaculating in his trousers. The first child that was killed, was it actually was traumatic for him. He waited two years after killing the first uh, child to, to kill again. So she's nine years old. Her name is Lena. I can't pronounce these fucking names. I'm sorry. I'm not even going to try. Yelena Zakatnova. All right, so this happened on 22nd December 1978. It was 5 p.m. She sees He sees a little girl walking home from school. She said, she approached him and said, Sir, you know, is there, can, is there a toilet around here? She really had to go to the toilet. It was freezing in Russia. She didn't want to go outside. I guess they have public toilets over there. So he said, will you, you can come and use the toilet at my apartment. I didn't get into this, but he had a separate apartment that his wife didn't know about for the reason of getting prostitutes and stuff like that. All right. So, quote, as the door shut behind them, the kindly grandfather transformed into an animal. Flicking off the light, he flung himself on the little girl, pushing her to the floor of the cramped living room. Just beside a small table, a tall, powerful man. He must have weighed three times as much as her and was 30 times as strong. This is it's important that you know this because this is the this is how he gets his off right here. Then it happened in his attempt to put his still limp penis into her with his finger. He ruptured her hymen and a few drops of blood trickled out. He always thought himself in the past as squeamish. He used almost the thought 
to feign at the sight of his own blood, but seeing her blood was different. Far from upsetting him, it caused him deep pleasure, and he immediately had an orgasm, which was the best and the most vivid and the strongest that he had ever had. All right, so this is the guy's sexual MO right here, and it's very important because this is the... Is, is very different. It's not having sex. It is the sight of blood. The sight of blood coming from the victim. That is what he figured out real quick that does it for him. The victims that they found, the reason they have 30, 40, 50 stab wounds is because he was stabbing them in places where they wouldn't just die and blood can come out. So non-fatal stab wounds, maybe in the calf, just pricks. They're not stab wounds like all the way through and through, just pricks because the blood seeping out, that's what does it for him. And he first figured that out with this first victim once her hymen broke, that little trickle of blood that came out, that's what got it. So it's very different than any other killer that we have ever talked about. But that is this very specific mm. thing that got him off is that the sight of blood. So many of the stab wounds, like I said, were just pricks. Didn't want to stab all the way through and through. Kind of interesting, isn't it? I wonder if there's a term for that. Someone who's turned on by blood. Oh, there's a lot of freaking sexual. Um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, fetishes and shit like that. He then pulls out a pocket knife and he starts poking her with it. Now, she's screaming and everything. Uh, Quote, he said afterwards that he felt he had at last been freed from the shackles which had bound him. As he thrust the blade into her again and again, he lost himself in the pleasure, exploring her body with his hands. He had a terrible desire to touch everything, even if it meant tearing her apart. Then he put his hands around her thin throat and started to squeeze. So she was stabbed so much, but none of those stab wounds killed her because he didn't want her to die with the stab wounds. He wanted the, the blood to keep coming out, right? The police, the first victim he's ever killed, the first out of over 50, the police were on his trail. They go to his apartment. The neighbor said, this guy is weird. His... You know, something's not adding up. They actually questioned him eight to nine times. But the wife actually claimed that he was home with her that night. I believe she got her days confused or something. But he was completely dropped as a suspect. And they quickly moved on, with which this is a Russia thing. I don't, I'm sorry. I, I will say it because I, we've done other stories like this. They will put whoever in prison just uh have someone in prison to take the fall for it. That happens even today. A 25-year-old Alexander Kravincho, a few doors down, was convicted of a similar killing in Crimea, but he was only 17 at the time, so he was let go. Now he's living in the same location in Rostov. He actually confessed to the torture and the rape and the murder of this girl, which he didn't do. But in Russia, you confess because they beat the titties out of you until you say you did it. Mm -hmm. And the judge gave him 15 years of a hard labor camp. Several years later, they actually retried him, his sentence. They retried this guy and put him to death. In, 18, nine, in 1984, he was shot, execution squad, for a murder he didn't commit. Mm. Crazy, isn't it? Crazy shit, man. Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy wow. shit. All right, here's um, here's one of the victims here. Now, oh. this is this is one of the first victims. You see, you can it, see all those little 
wounds. Yeah, I think that's fungus growing out of him. Oh, yucky. I was wondering what You that can't was, even yeah. see their face though. You can see his body, but you can't see his face. This is a very very uh non-graphic picture compared to the other ones. This is one of the first. This is before that escalation period. Now we're going to get into his MO. Sorry, I'm kind of rushing through this, but pretty long story. I'm not trying to do two parts here. The MO. It was not sex. Never intercourse. He would master. If he could get his penis outside of his trousers by the time he ejaculated, he would ejaculate on the body. So on the shirt, on the breast, if, if they're naked, which most time they were, because a lot of times they were willing to have sex with them. So they were already naked. He was already giving them oral sex. Mm-hmm. You know, they were already naked. So he would, if his penis, because it was so quick, apparently, if he, if his penis was outside of his trousers, he would ejaculate on the body. And they found the semen there. The semen was found a, a lot. Of his semen and working in a factory, you can goddamn believe that they got his DNA quick. Yeah, they got everyone's DNA trying to find it. Why? Because it's the KGB. Yeah, this KGB. But why didn't they arrest him as soon as they got the semen DNA? I don't know. Because they already had someone in jail for it. No, this is interesting. He was a good worker. This is interesting, and this is the first time this has ever been. Known, So I believe this case actually changed the scientific thinking about this. He is one. And I I believe the Golden State Killer maybe has something like this. I remember talking about this, but he is a very, very, very rare type of person whose DNA in their semen is different than their DNA in their blood. What? Not not DNA. I, I mean, blood type. Well, he is a very rare type of person that his blood type is different in his semen than in his blood. That's possible? Yes, it's probably very rare, but it's possible. So they did check his semen, but his semen didn't match up with his blood. Well, I didn't know that that was like the same type of thing you're testing they, for. But they, Yeah, it's, it's, it's the blood type, which is in... But your blood type shows up in your semen? Yeah, especially if you get punched really hard. No, I mean, I guess it does. I'm not a f- forensic chemistry guy or whatever. But on at least nine different clothes, and I said clothes, not inside the body, the clothes were tested with his semen on it, all linked to the same killer. The blood test from, sp- from the sperm is group A. So, like, I'm O positive, and you're negative something. A negative. Are you really? No, I'm A positive. Oh, so I'm O positive. I don't know what blood type I am. My dad's O positive. We used to have to wear it on our chest in case we get shot. Like a tattoo? No, I mean, it was a patch. Oh. Yeah. What are you? I don't know. My, mine just said. You don't know your blood type? No. It's like never come up before. My, Isn't that Next weird? time you get blood work done, you should ask. Yeah, I know, you should know, but man. I never get blood. I, I mean, I, I've had blood work. Yeah, I don't know what my blood type is. Can you, you should ask your doctor. Yeah. I'm sure it's in my records some, somewhere, but yeah. like I've never known what it is. My, That's like important to know. I know. I mean, I've I know you're not known. having kids, but like if you're having a, a kid, like that's important to know because if a kid, if the child has, uh, if you're negative and they're positive, yes, there's, there's, this came up in the book arise. that we did our audio book about. 
All right, yes. name the guy who uh, first, the monk that first figured out the uh, phenotypes and genes. Gregor Mendel. Gregor Mendel. Damn it. You got the first name or the last name? Hell yeah. <laughs> what was he studying? Yeah. He was studying plants. Botany. Beans? Pea, peas. Pea plant. Yes. Yeah. Pea plant. Is that a bean? This yeah, little pea peas. bean. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at that. All right. Oh, I did learn something in Yay. school. <laughs> I'm actually really proud of myself. Well, you for work my... at a school, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, but I don't talk about Don't let the kids let on her. that Jen doesn't actually know anything. Yeah, why do you think that I don't know anything? All right. The, the sperm, his sperm group was group A, and his semen was AB. And like my blood, like I said, is RB, which is Red Bull. I thought he was going to say Arby's, like we have the meats. <laughs> <laughs> they have really good curly fries, though. I haven't had oh, those in a fuck, hot yeah. And the French dip, we used to call it an au jus. Or au jus. It's called au jus, but we used to call it the Lenny Kravitz. Because au jus is like, ah is like half, and then Jew. I know that doesn't mean Jew, but Lenny Kravitz is half Jewish, so we used to call it Lenny Kravitz. Interesting. <laughs> That's an interesting nickname for a sandwich. <laughs> Because I, I used to work at Arby's, I don't know if I. I, I, didn't I know probably that. should mention. I didn't that. know that you worked at an Arby's. <laughs> yeah, I knew you worked at McAllister's. I didn't know that you worked at Arby's. Yeah, I worked at Arby's. Um, I know. I ha- I had Arby's for the first time in years, like in May. It was pretty good. I think I've only had Arby's once, and it was the curly fries. All right, we got it. We got to get on with this. Sorry. All right. He would never have intercourse. Just masturbating on their bodies but he would now this is interesting a lot of the bodies that they found including the one on the screen there they would find the semen and i know i didn't say i know i said this differently earlier but they would find some of the semen inside of the bodies and this is why i believe this is more focused on his his view of inadequacy on himself as a man but he would so if you ejaculate on you know someone's stomach right i'm just saying from what i've seen on tv i don't think i would <laughs> spike tv <laughs> spike tv i don't even know. spike they tv don't have spike tv anymore it's not a thing anymore <laughs> anyway i i still want you to know where i can watch mxc that's where I okay like listen know. if you ejaculate on someone's stomach and it kind of forms a puddle maybe i don't know oh. <laughs> i thought it was more viscous than that oh i don't like that word either oh and then you can pick it Stop up. Stop it. Right. Just keep going. No, that's what he did. So he ejaculated on the stomach. He would take it in a ball, kind of like that uh, Gogurt stuff. Can you please? But I'm, just, I'm trying to describe what he would do because he would do this. They found some of it inside the victim. He would take it in his hand. He would ball it up the semen and shove it inside of the victim. Oh, no. And I believe that was because he felt inadequate, but he still wanted to get his semen in there. He definitely wasn't going to have intercourse with any of these victims because he, he could not. Yeah, exactly. Having sex with them did not get him off. He could not get an erection. At 19, he couldn't get an erection. He sure as fuck can't get one now. But he still wanted his semen inside of the victim. And I believe that is because he felt so inadequate about himself that that's why he did that. Because there's no other reason I can think of why he would do that. So um, the the beatings, as you see here, and you're about to see with some of the other f- photos, extremely brutal and i mean it's fucking russia i mean i keep saying it but it keeps coming true it's literally accurate stereotype right they're just fucking goddamn brutal like chill man do you have to use the fucking table saw <laughs> I mean, Jesus fucking circle saw. quote many of the bodies were 
horribly mutilated. Stomachs were ripped open and sexual organs sliced off. In some cases, the forensic evidence suggested that this grotesque surgery had taken place while the victim was still alive and possibly even conscious. So this guy, Jack Ripper's it. And as he kills his 50th victim, you'll see the incisions are like a surgeon. He's probably had more training than a surgeon. In fact, he would stay with the bodies for hours and hours sometimes because there's nobody around. You can stay with the body and, oh, let me cut the spleen off. How does this work? Kind of like, you know, it reminds me of, I read that Leonardo da Vinci book. They would get corpses, cadavers. This is why da Vinci was so fucking amazing as an artist. And Van Gogh is such a, an idiot. Stop it. <laughs> I'm going to draw flowers. Fuck. Anyway. <laughs> There's Van Gogh right there. I but had anyway. a Van Gogh hey, anyway, picture show up it. on my computer so- uh, screensaver. It was nice. Da Vinci, they would actually get cadavers and study the muscles and the, you know, the, uh, the, the ligaments and stuff like that. That's how his drawings were so accurate. Anyway, kind of relating that to this. He would do the same. He would sit there for hours in the, the bushy area and just cut and cut and cut and slice and slice and slice and figure out how things work. You know, that's exactly what he did. I like the Jack the Ripper type of thing. And he got really good at it. They noticed that it became more and more precise, more a surgeon type. The cuts as uh, I'll show you some of the photos here in a second. But um, he would also stuff mud in the victim's mouth. Do you know why he would do that? Um, no, why? Why would you do it if you if you were killing someone? It wasn't a sexual thing. So, to, to like make sure that they were dead? No, to silence their screaming. Oh. So he would just basically pick up a handful of dirt. They were screaming. He Because screaming didn't get them off. Like some killers, that gets them off. He this What gets him off is blood. He didn't want him to scream. It's like, fuck, stop screaming in my ear. Take a, a handful of dirt, shove it in their mouth, and he would push it as far down as he could. Kind of like Mary Bell. Mm. She did. One of the parents of one of the victims said, quote, I wanted to see this man who could rip open my son's stomach and then stuff mud in his mouth so that he would not cry out. I wanted to know what he looked like, to know which mother could bear such an animal in hmm. quote so here's another victim right here oh oh boy you, what's missing on this one a head head yeah the head no head let me talk about the uh the victim type right quick runaways prostitutes tramps alcoholics a lot of unregistered people who lived in the rostov region at the time that's because of the communist system for some reason they didn't want big brother to know their identity or maybe they couldn't get papers i don't know he later said quote they followed me like dogs end quote he would pick up these random people at the bus or at the train station convince them to come out to a spot that's secluded, lay down and have sex with them. He would often promise them vodka. Literally, yes, vodka. That's what they, he would promise them. That's apparently what they like over there. So he believed, he started to believe like other serial killers, uh, the Green River Killer, for instance, that he was actually doing good for society. He was cleansing the society of prostitutes and, and vagrants and stuff like that. Even though he was also killing children, some of them that are just coming from fucking school, right? 
Yeah, I was going to kind of tie that to the communist manifest. So like in that communist system, they believed in the perfect kind of like an Aryan bullshit. Mm -hmm. So in his mind, he's like, I'm trying to make the perfect society type of shit. I'm not going to go into that. He says about why they would follow him, because sometimes he was dirty, unkempt, smelled like shit. Quote, I thought about it. He later said at his trial, even I could not stand it. I think I just had some type of magnetism. That's what he said. He would spend days. So how he would travel around and kill in different places. He worked at the factory. And like we kind of went into earlier, if the factory needed a certain type of screw, because everything had to be the fucking same in Russia at the time under communism and socialism that he would have to travel to different factories to get the exact one. And sometimes that even brought him to different countries. He was in Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, stuff like that. And he would kill people out there too. And he actually preferred that because fuck, I mean, who the fuck cares in Kazakhstan? Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. My sister is the number fourth prostitute (laughs) in all of Kazakhstan. (laughs) (laughs) He would spend... (laughs) All right, but let me... Let me talk about his after-death ritual. He was drunk and horny with experience. Not drunk as in vodka or whatever, but he he would kill these people and he would feel drunk. He would be horny for days. He would spend hours with the body. He would cut off tongues. He would behead, cut clothing. And he would even do something that I've never seen before. He didn't have to do this, but it... it it helped uh, preserve the excitement, the, the feeling of doing you know being that uh sadist for for days he would spend with the body keep going back for day day after day spending with the body he would even move the body he did that as a part of his thrill not because he had to the bodies were where they were they're going to be found months or weeks later as skeletons he would move them as a part of a sexual thrill so he got a thrill off moving the bodies it's kind of crazy isn't it yeah uh, 11th January 1989, a 15-year-old. Uh, let's talk about her. And I, I believe this is her photo, if you want to describe this. Oh, oh no. boy. She, oh, there's no head or legs. Oh, boy. I don't like that. No, I can't. I don't know whose photo that is. They don't know who that is. <laughs> how, how are you going to tell who that is? That is, I mean, uh, there would be DNA in the skin and blood, I guess, but... Yeah, I guess you're right. But that's if they had the DNA to begin with. Yeah. Well, you know? Maybe if they saw, like, a the jacket, if the jacket was unique or something. Um, May 11th, 1989, and this is not this person, this was just a random one, an eight-year-old Sasha Davinoff. <sighs> this is uh, one of the next ones. I'll go ahead and flip forward, even though the next one's kind of... Even worse. This is uh, when he was practicing cutting off the uh, organs. I think that he was taking out the spleen of that one. Anyway, an eight-year-old Sasha Dykonoff, he told police after he was called that his pulse was beginning to race when he saw this boy coming from his school in a schoolboy's uniform. He waited until the boy... Now, this is like his 50th kill. He waited till the boy was... On the opposite side of a a little uh, crossing where there's a lot of traffic that goes through here, but it was just barely enough away where he was out of sight, 
but still in public. And people could hear him scream. However, the traffic, the cars passing by covered his screamed. But he talks about how he jumped up from behind this boy. And this is going to tell you exactly his thought process, too, and what got him off. This boy, eight-year-old Sasha, walking in a schoolboy's uniform, he got so excited that in public, he walked up from behind him and started to stab him. Quote, the sheer quantity of traffic on the road saved him from detection. The rumble of trucks, cars, and nearby railway was so great that the little boy's cries were inaudible. And so he killed him and left the body almost where it lay in the bushes, a mere 20 yards from the road. Despite the summer heat, it was some 55 days before anyone found it. What I'm trying to say here is this boy never even saw his face. He just runs up and starts stabbing him in rapid fire succession as quick as he can. And as soon as he sees the blood, he ejaculates and then he bolts. He didn't declothe the kid. The kid never even turned around. He just rent real quick, stabbed him to get the blood. He ejaculated and then he bolted. That is fucked. I mean, I know it's all fucked, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it's just it's so out of fucking nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That this happened. Uh, later, another 10-year-old boy, quote, trembling with pleasure, he flung himself on the boy and after hitting him over the head, bit off his tongue and cut <gasps> off his sexual organs, then threw his body into the pit and covered it with earth. Oh. This is rough. Uh, let's get to someone a little more cruel. There's more? Dude, I can go for days with this. Simply killing did not do it for him anymore after the 45th one, let's say. I mean, he doesn't even know how many he's killed. The corpses became so brutalized that they were unrecognizable. He would stab and stab and cut and cut like a surgeon and quote, the agony of his victims must have been incredible. Many have died of shock as the crazed surgeon made his incisions, end quote. The cutting off of and even chewing off the genitals of those whom he had killed, he'd also been established as part of Chicolito's horrific ritual. Unlike a cannibal, however, he does not appear to actually have swallowed the human flesh, let alone plan to do so in advance. It was more of a spontaneous action at the height of his frenzy, a ghastly variation of the innocent love bites of normal sex play. So, it, like I said, the the boy that he stabbed really quick, he started, it, it was a frenzy. It wasn't the spending hours anymore. It was just real quick. It was like a quickie. Literally like quickie, let me go jerk it or whatever real quick. But this is, and the way I can do that is to kill somebody real quick. Just who's available. But he would be in such a frenzy that he would bite off the penis and the scrotum of these little boys and then toss them in the bush. He would bite them? them Yeah, he would bite them off. He wouldn't chew them or anything. Yeah, he would bite for, for the boys because there's boys and girls, right? Now, this is fucked. For the boys, he would bite off the testicles and scrotum, throw them in the bushes. For the girls, what do you think he did? The breasts? Ripped out there. He did rip off nipples, yeah. But that's not what I meant. He would rip out from inside. He would actually cut out the girl's uterus. 
quote, I did not want to bite them so much as to chew them. They were so beautiful and elastic, end quote. <laughs> what the fuck? What is a uterus? It's, it's the, what's inside. Is that it's the thing that makes the baby? Or it's where the baby is housed. Oh, gross. <laughs> okay, we gotta. Uh, all right, we gotta. I gotta skip skip a lot of this shit. I'm sorry. We're getting way too long. Um, questions? Any questions? Nope. No. Do, do y'all need more? No. Nope. <laughs> do y'all need more? We do not need more brutality We're We're there. We're good. One of the last ones he's killed, which was one of the most brutal. Vadim Gromov, 16-year-old, he was mentally handicapped. Oh, oh God. On, on, on the 17th of October, 1990, they had waltz, they had just met, and they had walked some 300 yards together. This boy, it was sad, he was you know, obviously mentally handicapped, and the uh, Andre uh, said, you know, you want to come back to my apartment? And the boy, being a six, 16-year-old, but also slow said, you know, are there going to be girls there type of kind of like, mm. you know, maybe I'll get my first kiss or whatever. And he was like, yeah, there's girls there. There's girls. Oh, that's fucked up. That's so fucked up. Mm-hmm. I'd... Uh, if you want to read this, Nicole's. <laughs> what the fuck? Y'all act like this isn't a fucking. Do we need to go? Do we need to revisit Paul Bernardo again? No. <laughs> As his victim lay pinned on his face, Chikaltilo stripped off his own trousers and underpants and rubbed his penis against Gromov's buttocks until he ejaculated. Then, as the animal in him took over, he bit off the tip of the boy's tongue and began to strike him wildly in the head and stomach with his knife. Gromov died within seconds, and in his gruesome finale, Chikaltilo took a blade and cut off his genitals, tossing them away into the undergrowth. So, just, I, I don't think you guys need any more of this. I think we get the picture. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, any any uh, questions or anything? So, how was he caught and what was the sentencing? <clears throat> Do you got any questions in, in live chat uh, land out there? Oh, this is the, the boy, the handicapped boy. Sorry. This is him. Oh, poor L- thing. Look at him right there. L- look at his, look how he's laying. He's just. Uh. That's awful. So crazy. how was he? How was he captured? <laughs> how did they figure out it was him? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I I won't say they did a, a very good job. No, clearly not. After <laughs> over fifty deaths, it was actually just one detective that mainly figured out, and it was kind of a fluke when the public started getting the actual news that was uncensored and everything. They started being on the lookout and the lookout meant witnesses come forward and, oh, I saw this kid with so-and-so. So they got a good description of him. And then, because he was already on the radar, remember, since the murder of the first one, they interviewed him nine times. So this one detective saw him at a train station and knew that the killer was picking up at a train station. And I'm not going to go into it, but he talks about how the how uh, the this guy went to this train station and then boarded train after train after train after train. 
and rapid fire just trying to pick up whoever he could to have sex with him. And then that's when he started to to realize, like, this is this is the guy. This is the guy right here. This is how he's doing it. You know, he's just. And anyway, they question him. And if you go through the uh, the actual interrogation pretty quickly within the first hour or so, he starts he, he admits the first murder by accident type of thing. And then after that, it's like a floodgate. He just opens up and just says everything. I don't think he really I don't think he really cared mm. or anything. This is a little bit. This is from the book uh, about the capture. This detective, his name was Zanofsky. It says it was already 3 a.m. It was already past 3 a.m. and the detective was exhausted, but the man showed no sign of tiring at all. He looked as if he were driven by some great energy as he paced the building, searching. It was getting more difficult for him to find people to talk to. Most of them were asleep now, so he moved yet again, this time to the bus station. Now he goes, now he, this detective followed him over nine hours of him doing nothing but talking to random women and and boys and whoever whoever would go with him and at the time he didn't he he didn't see him take anyone but they they quickly after about 3 a.m is like are you coming with us you know what's in the briefcase kind type of shit and like in the briefcase uh kitchen knife uh, like all of his shit that he used um he was 48 and a grandfather at the time of his arrest, which was on uh, the 14th of September, 1984. I mean, he's a handsome looking guy. That's him. It's hard to believe that that's the same that's guy. That's him. Uh... And that's his son, Yuri. His, uh, honestly, I, I was thinking at the time when I was reading the story, I was like, we should probably keep tabs on this guy too, the son. <laughs> do they do that? <laughs> One of the kids found. Oh. You see it all about the train station, right? Mm-hmm train station just brutal man look at this this was this was an unidentified victim right here it was a woman they know it was a woman oh where did she go oh yeah this right here is fucking brutal damn it where'd it go yeah that's a woman unidentified never been identified look at that shit look at the eyes there's no eyes in there but there's hair there yeah look at her just jaw just wide open like it's in a scream. So he would stab out the eyes. They would find marks in the, the bone, you know, around the eyes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And the thinking was there's either two reasons. Either he thought, and he never admitted this, but that because it's a it's an old wives tale in Russia that the retina captures the last image it sees before death. And I, I don't know if this is the same thing is that maybe the reason they put the coins over the eyes the native americans i don't know but that is one of the reasons another reason is that he may have felt remorse which he did feel remorse after the first murder he murdered that six-year-old remember and he did feel remorse he waited two years to do it again but then after that he just didn't give a fuck obviously i mean look at these fucking people they're just brutal mangled bodies man just everywhere (laughs) His organs are just out. Ugh. Look at this. This is a, a finger. He would bite out. He bit out the finger. Ugh. You know, it's just, these are brutal, man. These are brutal. Anyway. Yep. What do you, mm. Yeah. Okay. So what was the sentencing? <laughs> yeah, we're done. I mean, no, he, <laughs> the trial happened April 14th, 1992. And he was, 
obviously found guilty for everything. He was put on death row, yeah, and his appeal was rejected on January 1994. On February 14th, 1994, he was taken from his death row cell to a soundproof room in the prison and executed with a single gunshot behind the right ear, and he was buried in an unmarked grave. Mm. Oh, shout out to this. It says the first time I'm reading this. The uh, film Citizen X is directly based upon the murders committed by him. Interesting. I didn't know that. I haven't seen that. It's crazy, though, is it? Did we, did we Thank ha- you, Rachel, for that request. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is some of the knives that he would use. He had a collection of them. Oh. I mean, that face, man. Oh, oh, my God. He was handsome when he was younger. I know, right? But it's just, dude, I think it was... <sighs> I don't fucking know. Maybe he was molested because he was a bedwetter, which, you know, as we talked about last time, doesn't mean you were actually molested. But a lot of people that wet their bed up until they're 12 years old or whatever, that is a sign that Mm. uh, some psychiatrists look for. I don't know, man. It's fucking crazy. It was just fucking Russia. If we go to Russia, we're not going to do some. Oh, no, he killed him. It's going to be like the body fucking hacked up and. Just Brutal. fucking crazy. Rough. Anyway, the next episode is also a request for Malachi. The, Malachi! The Beast of Jersey. He doesn't actually kill anyone, but it's still a fucking crazy story. We have to do it. Okay. We have to do it. It is fucking intense. And I'm going to show you the picture right off the bat. It's going to set the tone for the story. Also, after that, for... The next episode, so we are doing three, and then Nicole's going to do Goodnight Sugar Babe. So mm. for you guys on live chat, Katie, Christopher, I don't know if you've heard of the Vera Joe Regal case. There's a documentary called Goodnight Sugar Babe. Uh, Nicole did that story for us simply because we had already seen that documentary prior, so she already knows the story. So she put that together for us. I didn't just push it off on her. I totally pushed it off on her, but we're <laughs> going to do that, so... The Beast of Jersey and Goodnight Sugar Babe coming up. Both request and I guess that's all. Let's go get something to eat. So this is a Talk Murder Me podcast. I hope you guys enjoy. Go talkmurder.com to see the photos. Subscribe if you haven't. My name is John. I'm here with Jen and Nicole. And until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people.